There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome in to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show here on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Really excited to bring this edition to you because our guest presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at evergreenstl.com is former Missouri receiver, former Eagles receiver, former Chiefs receiver, former Ravens receiver, Jeremy Macklin, the pride of Kirkwood High School. He is our guest. And here's the thing. I had never, I'm sure I've interviewed Jeremy, I think over the phone, but I had never met him and I knew I wanted to go in deep, but I didn't know how deep Jeremy would be wanting to go. Gangster Pete, what were you about? Were you about to, were you about to engage me? Engage no, me. I was playing with Jameson. Oh, my, my son is in the uh, homeloanexpert.com studios. His name's Jameson. You want to say anything? Anything at all? Anything. You're just going to eat the microphone. All right, that's <laughs> fine. He is uh, two years old for the record. So... Uh, we, uh, we initially recorded this intro before Missouri played Wyoming, kind of operating on the assumption that they would beat, uh, Wyoming 18 and a half point favorite and that they would, um, that we would then run the Macklin interview. And then when they lost, um, I was like, oh, I got to re-record this because the world has changed for Missouri fans. Now I, I realize that might feel like kind of distant past now that they won and they looked really good in beating West Virginia 38 to seven. But the reality is, in our discussion, when Jeremy and I are talking about the 2019 Missouri season, which we didn't spend a whole lot of time on, to be clear. I mean, this was a retrospective on his career and, and some of the things that he uh, experienced and dealt with, some eye-opening things uh, as far as uh, a number of elements, the detail that he was kind enough to go into, um, that, that uh, you know, the Missouri season has, has certainly changed as far as what the expectations are when you lose to Wyoming. So, with that all said, I said to Gangster Pete, I said, I got to re-record the intro because Missouri lost to Wyoming. And uh, and so that's what we're here doing, and I'm doing it on a Sunday afternoon. And that's why Jameson is here, and he and Gangster Pete are engaging in some kind of um, waving at each other stuff that's going on. But he has not spoken yet, unless you want to say anything. You want to say anything? You want to say hello? Hello. 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 Nothing doing. Pitch out, nobody <laughs> going. All right, so I'm not going to mess around because we have Jeremy Macklin and, uh, and, and man, to go back and hear his experiences from those Missouri teams and the detail, that was the thing that I was wanting to hear just as a Missouri fan, but the detail, I didn't know if he would go into it. And then he goes into some things that I had forgotten. And then some things that I didn't even know existed, of course, because he was the one playing. Uh, it was great. And, uh, him leaving Oklahoma. And by that, I mean, decommitting from Oklahoma and then playing Oklahoma and, um, and the memories of the 2007 season, the decision to leave following the 2008 season, uh, growing up admiring Donna McNabb and then playing with Donna McNabb, um, and then all of the injuries, the health scare with the cancer scare, uh, all of it. We talk about it all, and he goes into great detail, very grateful for his time, grateful to our sponsors, thehomeloanexpert.com, Ryan Kelly online at thehomeloanexpert.com, Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at evergreenstl.com. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, online at carltoninsurance.net. Johnny Landoff, Chevrolet, 
at Highway 270 in the Washington Elizabeth Exit online at Londoff.com and Design Air Heating and Cooling, the number one train dealer in the Midwest. They're online at designairservice.com. They all make this podcast possible. Please support it. Please subscribe to it. And please uh, give it five stars and all of the wonderful things that come with it. We have new interviews for you every uh, Sunday slash Monday. Questions from the audience. Your questions are welcome. Anything's welcome. Team McKernan inside STL.com. And then pick six. And Gangster Pete, I'm not mistaken, the weatherman, he's on a cooler, is he not? He is 2-0 on his locks. But other than that, not good. What did he do this week? He was 1-5 this week. Oh, my word. The yeah. only one I bet was the one that I loved, and I didn't even bet that much. Yep, that was the lock. That was that was Alabama minus fifty five and a half, and I took New Mexico State, and that's just Nick Saban. I mean, there's just he just does not cover against those teams. But the weatherman is on a cooler, and I know people are getting on board with the weatherman. And I feel badly about it. I'd like to think he'll turn it around, but either way, those are the three podcasts we have for you every week here on the Tim McKernan Show. Let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Here is Jeremy Macklin. Jeremy, thanks so much for coming in, man. No problem, man. No we, problem. Uh, we're excited to have you in. Pete over here, and including myself, we both went to Missouri. Pete, he just turned he just turned around I like his cab. I, like I, mean, I like it. I like he's it. He's fired up, uh, and it's, it's a thrill to have you in. So what are you doing right now? Oh, right now I am um, I'm a new dad. Um, baby born in April, Yeah, correct? baby born in April. Um, so I'm being a dad. and uh, How are you enjoying that? That's a, good, man. That's good, a big man. thing. See, I have it, a two-year-old. You have a, what, six-month-old? No, she's, almost... she's now four. Well, she'll be 20 weeks on Wednesday. All right. So, so this is um, starting to become, There's things start to happen in 20 yeah, weeks. Yeah, things so are she's starting, starting to, to roll. She's rolling over. She's starting to grab things. You know, so it's pretty cool to see her kind of develop and um, kind of, you know, our personality isn't it to show the best? Up, yeah, isn't it the awesome. best? It's awesome. It's, it's the awesome. absolute best. In a way, isn't it kind of good that it's you know? I mean, you're retired, and so you can enjoy yeah. it more than that, that, maybe if you. That that played into my decision. Man. Yeah. Um. You know, it, it clearly. You know, I, I battle injuries. Um. You know that. You know, I, I just I couldn't shake it over the last couple of years. Um. And and you know, I still love the game, and and I, and I still you know it's still a big part of me, but. One of the things that made it really easy for me to kind of walk away was was my daughter, and sure. my family. So. Understandable. And so you're also spending some time coaching at Kirkwood, yep. right? Yep. So how are you enjoying that? I mean, awesome. These guys, you got to have super credibility. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna respect the guy who who played in the league. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's cool, man. The, the the big thing about that is is just seeing the progress. You know, you know, seeing something that you know you you tell a 16 year old, um, and four days later you start to see it kind of click in his head. I think that's the most satisfying thing about mm-hmm. being a coach is, is just seeing the progress, uh, seeing those guys, you know, taking what you're saying and, and start to apply it to, to what they're doing. I, I think that's pretty cool. So are you able to spot talent maybe more so than the average person? Like in broadcasting, I've always said, and this goes back to when I was at Missouri Journalism School, and they would tell us within five seconds of seeing a tape or hearing a voice on a tape in sportscasting, they know whether or not the person has it, so yeah. to speak. Can you spot it within seconds? Yeah, you know, you you, you can always tell who kind of who kind of you know has the juice. Um, there are some exceptions to to a, a guy who may look really good when you're just running around on the air, and then when all of a sudden you get a defense out there and you're getting starting to get tackled, then he doesn't quite look as good as you thought he did. And then it's also the flip side of that: a guy who doesn't necessarily look good right now, but all of a sudden. The pads come on. It's game time, and all of a sudden he rises to the occasion. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, that's that's at any level—high school, college, pros—you um, can kind of see who really, who really, really has it. So, when you were coming up, when did you start playing football? Like, what age was it? Like a six-year-old, seven-year-old? Nine. Nine. Okay. Nine. Yeah. And before that, I used to play. 
my, my brothers used to tell me they knew I was going to be pretty good because before that, um, when I was six, seven, eight years old, I'd play all-time quarterback for them, and just out, just out in the and they're and they're fields. they're older, and they're older, yeah. and you're at six or seven, and you're yeah. playing quarterback. Yes, yeah. so all right, knew that, that is a tell. Yeah, they knew that I was going to be a pretty good athlete, but uh, I, I just I just have always I've always loved the game, man. I, I just started playing officially until I was nine, though. And so when you were playing at nine, were you one of those kids that like showing Sports Center that everybody's trying to tackle and they're going one way and then you're zigging the other way and they're zagging? Is that what's going on? I had some pretty, I had some pretty decent highlights. I had some pretty decent. Highlights. <laughs> I need to see some of those. So where were you playing at nine? I was running back. Okay, that's, that's, that's pretty much what all the fast, throw the fast guys back there. You just <laughs> toss right, toss left, and you just let them run as fast as they can. So. And uh, and were you playing like in Kirkwood? Where were you playing? Yeah, Kirkwood, Kirkwood, Western JFL. Uh, I believe that, um, you know. The JFL still exists, but Kirkwood now is out in Gateway. They mm-hmm. have like a Gateway uh, Youth Football League. Um, but yeah, started Kirkwood JFL. Um, used to play Herbert Hoover's Boys Club, Matthew Dickey's Boys Club, St. Charles, Mid Rivers, teams like that, areas like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, right now they've expanded. It's like Chesterfield, uh, Mid Rivers is still out there. Some other some other counties and stuff. So when when that's going on, are you going okay? I can't wait to get to high school. And play? Are you starting to? Are you starting to think about what yeah, everybody's thinking yeah. about as a kid? Like I'm going to play professionally, but you're like, I really want to do this. Yeah, you know, it's always a dream. It's always a dream. You know, you watch TV, you watch sports, you, you see guys, and um, you know, when I was about that age and kind of growing up playing youth football, um, the Rams are pretty good. Um, you know, greatest show on turf. Um, Isaac, Tory, Marshall, Kurt. Um, being able to watch those guys and and, and them bring a title to the city uh, was was really really. Did cool. you go to any games growing up? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to go to any games. I went to the parade and I got an Ernie Conwell ball. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so um, number eighty four. But it uh, it it was it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool um to to see those guys and 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 clearly once you get older and you get a better understanding of of how it works and you know you you stay kind of good at what you're doing. You're like, okay, well, you know what? You know, maybe I can be pretty good. And then you go to high school and all of a sudden you're kind of pretty good and you're doing things that you kind of did in JFL and you're fasting everybody and okay well maybe now I can play in college you get your college letters and all of a sudden you get to college and it's kind of the same thing you're like I can do this thing I score touchdowns I'm running faster than everybody else I'm making plays you know the NFL is not too far away and then next thing you know you're in the NFL playing football and it's reality so so take me back to like when you get to Kirkwood so what was the the process there? Were you were you well, at the top of the game from the get go? You walk in so, there fourteen, fifteen years old. No, so Coach Wade was the coach at the time, Mike Wade, and he was like, "Dude, you got to play varsity." And and this is right when I got there. Right, right when you got there. Right when I got there, he saw me a couple of days in the summer. He's like, uh, during um, training camp, and he's like, "Dude, you got to play varsity." I'm like, "I'm not playing varsity. <laughs> I want to I want to hang out with my friends. I want to play with my friends." How um, big were you? I mean, um, down. I mean, I was decent size. I, I mean, I, mean, I wasn't like you're probably 14. I would imagine, give or take, 15. 15, 15 okay, 14, 15. But yeah. we're not. You're not you know, obviously the size you are now. No. Then, so I mean, playing varsity against some of the guys that are 18 years old—that's a different ball game. Yeah, There's a big yeah. gap then. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and but I think you know you go to, so you go to you do these practices and uh, so the freshmen used to scrimmage the JV a lot um, in high school, and you know I, I would have success against the JV and Coach Wade come, dude, you got to play varsity. Well, Coach Wade, I don't want to play varsity. So I played a couple games on freshman, and then next thing you know, I'm on varsity. I'm, I'm returning punts, right? I'm just a punt returner at this time. Then the next thing you know, I'm starting safety. And I'm like, I don't even know how we got here. I just told him <laughs> I don't want to play varsity. And then, you no, know, the rest is kind of history. So, <laughs> so you're, you're 
killing it at Kirkwood, though. When did it become clear that, you know, you're at a different level than the majority of people you're you're playing against? I always like to hear this from yeah, guys, so, whether, so, they're, whether they're the golfers, so the, baseball players, when it, when you're like, wow, all right, things the, are different. The, the the thing that I've always I always tell myself is I'm just like everybody else. You know, I, I, I breathe the same air. I walk the same ground. I eat the same type of foods. Like, there's nothing that we all do that I do better than anybody else. It's the extra work that I put in. It's the extra things that I do that's unseen. It's the, the work that I do before and after practice. And this is this is later on in my career. Sure. Th- that's what makes me different. Um, Did you start doing that at Kirkwood? A little bit, yeah. a little bit, a little bit. Um, but the, 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 the thing that I thought that I knew that I could play college ball was I got my first letter from the University of Michigan as a sophomore. Mm. Not an offer. I got I got a, just like a, a, a recruiting letter, and I'm like, Michigan. You know, this is this is. You know, I, I I watched Michigan when Charles Wilson was there. Yeah. And some, I'm like, this is this is big time. So that's kind of how I knew that I could play football at the next level. And then it was just after that, it was becoming the best player I can be. And so you're getting letters at that point. Yeah. If you get a letter from Michigan as a sophomore, you're getting them from everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So famously, you commit to Oklahoma. Sight unseen, correct? You hadn't been down to Norman? Uh, sight unseen. So um, what's going on here? Sight, it's Oklahoma. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's stoops. It's it's the tradition. It's, it's what they got going on. And um, it's Oklahoma. And then, you know, I committed sight unseen. And then I finally go take my visit there. And I'm like, yo, this place is ridiculous. So, um, actually, I take that back. It's not what happened. I took my visit there. Then I committed I didn't commit on my trip. I committed afterwards. Got it. I committed afterwards. Um, and it was almost one of those things, and I, I respected Stoops like no other, but it was almost one of those things like, okay, yeah, you know, you need to re- you need to, you need to commit or, you know, we're going to start pursuing other people. So it's big time university. It's Oklahoma. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, I'll commit. And what year were you? Were you going into your junior year when that I was? I was a junior. Okay. All right. I was a junior at the time. So I'm like – I mean, it's, this is a big time opportunity, right? So, I commit, and during the season, I start going to more and more Mizzou football games. And it was, it was I didn't think nothing of it. You know, I'm going there. I'm just going to watch the game, and you now I'm, I'm, I'm getting familiar with the atmosphere. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, talking to the coaches, you know, periodically. You know, they, one thing about Coach Ford did that I respected. He respected my decision, but this is Cornell still, Ford, Cornell, University yeah, of Missouri, University of Missouri. Yeah. Uh, he respected my decision, and he l- understood why I was going to Oklahoma, why I committed there. But he was like, "Mac, we want you, so I'm I'm going to do what I can to let you know that, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overbear you." Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty cool. And the more I went down there, you know, it just felt more and more like family. So I never told anybody this, but you know, as, as that year went on, I was trying to find a way out of the. De- out of Oklahoma, I just felt like it wasn't right. I feel like I got kind of got pressured into it. Uh, I'm trying to find a way to get up out of there. Bam! My receiver coach takes a job in the National Football League. So <laughs> people don't know this, but I was going to decommit anyway. I was just trying to figure out a way to do it. But all of a sudden, now he takes a job in the National Football League. So that that's my door. That was your out. I'm I'm, I'm decommitting. You know, waited a little bit, but I knew I was going to go to you. So what's the what's the decommitting process? Like, I was cut from the freshman high school team at St. Louis U High, so I don't have the same experience as you did here, Jeremy. So what's the process like of, of decommitting from, from Oklahoma? 
Do you have to like get um, on the phone with Bob Stoops? Yeah, you got to tell Stoops. And and, and how and, does that go? So so this is, this is crazy because, you know, he said, "Hey, you need you need to commit. You know, somebody's gonna take your spot." And I'm like, "Take your take your take your scholarship." I'm like, "All right, cool." So when I decommitted, he's upset, but he tells me, "Okay, you still got a spot if you need it, if you want it." So they was gonna let me stay there the whole. You know what I mean? So right, like, it was right, like. Right, right. Well, one of those things where, all right, so you just wanted me to commit. Yeah, now you look back on yeah. it. You know, this is the way the game is yeah, played. But when you're, whatever, played. 17 years exactly. old, you don't know any better. You're like, I got to take this Oklahoma off. Yeah, so he's, he's, like, he's on me. He's like, oh, I can't believe, you know, you let him, whatever, whatever. But you still can come here. <laughs> like, all right, I got you. So what is it that you liked about Columbia? What is it like you like Missouri? What do you like Coach Ford, Coach Pinkle? What is it that made you feel like Missouri was the right place versus Oklahoma? Um, You know, for starters, uh, it's when people say it, it really isn't like a like a family environment. It really is. Um, the relationships that I made there are, are second to none. Um, the, my relationship with Coach Pinkle, Coach Ford, Coach Hill, um, he, Odom was there at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, it it, it 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 speaks volumes what type of people they are. The fact that I can pick up the phone right now and call those guys, we can have an hour long conversation. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it. It, it was it was such a warm welcoming um, every time I was there, um, and I, and on, on top of that, you know my family's right down the street. They can come watch me play. Um, Mizzou was on the on the rise at the time. Um, you know Chase had just committed there. Yeah, people didn't know this, but Patton had just committed there at the time. Chase Patton, yeah, out of Rockbridge. I remember. Um, that, yeah, you know, so it it, it, it was it, it was it was fresh. Will Franklin was there. Um, everything was fresh, man, and and it felt good and. Um, I would say it's probably the best decision I've made to date. Yeah. So you get there and I, second to marry my wife. Th- right. Thank you. Right. Thank you. On the off chance that she <laughs> listens to the program, we want to make sure that we highlight yeah. highlight that. But you tear your ACL. And first off, I mean, I, that's got to be devastating. The excitement level you're feeling, you're about to play college football, you tear your ACL Take me back to that moment if you can, and, and finding out what your diagnosis is and what the prognosis is. It 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 was tough, you know. I hadn't I hadn't missed a game, let alone a whole season. So it, when I got there, and I mean the summertime, I'm a true freshman. I'm there the summer. I'm living with Chase, right? Um, I'm not taking classes. I'm there straight for football. I'm trying to get on the field. Oh, I'm I'm doing great. I'm going with the ones and and, and uh, summer seven oh sevens, and I'm doing great and. I go up in the back of the end zone and I go up to catch a ball and Willie Moe kind of nudges me and I come down in the back of the end zone and I hyperextend my knee and I turn my ACL. So I had never been hurt. Um, I you never had been hurt, really? Like never, never. never. Wow. You know, I, I called uh, at the time the priestess who I was living with um, and, and I called my mom, my real mom, my, my, my the priestess, my family, and I'm like, I don't think I can do this. I want to come home. So... For about two weeks straight, I was debating whether or not I was going to leave Missouri. And what what was why why were you thinking that? I it just it was just it was everything was new. I didn't know how to handle it. I, so you I, knew I, you were out. Yeah. Okay. So I knew I was out. I had had surgery already. Uh, I'm I'm crutching the class. It's sometimes I got to go across you know campus and got to wait for this bus to pick me up every time. And I couldn't really do what I wanted to do. And rehab at the time isn't like it is now. Mm-hmm. So recover from ACL in 2000. Nine is completely different than it is right now. Yeah, um, or two thousand six, right? Six, six. Yeah. I'm tripping. Two thousand six. Um, so it, it's it was like I, I just I just didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. So I, I'm 
I'm I'm I'm so close to leaving. Wow, yeah. didn't know that. So yeah. what do your the priest say? What what, what do your yeah. mo- or mom say? What did the, Gary Pinkle say? Uh, Tra- Chase? I mean, what do you got going on? You got a lot of people you're talking to. Just hang in there. Yeah, and that's what it was. Hang in there. Um, you know, you work so hard to get to the point where you are now, and um, you know, the two people that helped me out a lot is uh, Casey Harrison. He's uh, a trainer on Mizzou staff, um, and his wife. Uh, they, they. If it wasn't for them two, uh, I think I would have gone home, despite what my family saying, coaches were saying. But they, they were with me every day for my rehab. From the time I came in to the time I went home, got me back up and running in four months. I ran a four three, five months out of surgery. Wow! Like, it was crazy, man. It was wow! Crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the calendar turns. You're back clearly running four threes. Yep. And now 2007 rolls around, the Illinois game. And I remember going to that game, sitting at the Dome, and and I remember going, man, this is this is a little different here than what we're used to watching with Missouri. I mean, Missouri had had some good teams. Mm-hmm. Brad Smith era uh, went to the Sun Bowl the year before yep. um, and, and had a big league on Oregon State before they came back and won. But to see, like, the talent, of course, you being right there at the top of the list. Did you guys know, did you know that you had something – Special? Did you know that you guys were different, even if there wasn't necessarily national claim focused on the program at the time? I think we did. I, I think we knew that we had individual talent. I think I think they knew that I was talented. They knew that Kaufman and Rucker were talented. They knew that Chase was talented. They knew that Daenerys Alexander was talented. Will Franklin, Jerry. We all knew. I'm talking about the offensive side of the right. I think we all knew that everybody was talented. I don't think we knew how well we were going to put it together. Um Tony Temple, and, yeah. and and I think the one thing that Missouri had lacked outside of Brad Smith was big time playmakers at the time. Brad could take it anywhere on yeah. the field and and go sixty, seventy yards to the house. But this year, I could do it. Denario could do it. Will could do it. Jared could do it. Our running back, like it, it was, it was just a different feeling. Our tight ends could do it. Mm-hmm. So once we kind of got out there and put it together it was like this is what we envisioned you know this is what we thought we could be and you know the, the rest is kind of history man. oh man is it ever I, you know and i think people are kind of like hold on a second you know you made reference to being a rams fan growing up but one of the reasons why they were so good is that it wasn't just marshall falk it wasn't just yeah. kurt warner it wasn't just I, uh, isaac bruce and tory holt there was also Keem. there yeah, was ricky absolutely. pro i mean there are all these different options you guys had all these different options and so you go into oklahoma I don't know if there was anything special about that. I would imagine it was somewhat yeah. <laughs> for, for both yeah, parties oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> to go down there. And the thing that I remember thinking about that game, Jeremy, I remember watching that, and I think the score wound up being a little more um, bigger. The, 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 the loss was bigger than the game yeah. felt that way. And you guys lose that game, and then I'm looking at the schedule, and I really thought this, and I'm curious if you even remember this or think this, but I was doing a show at the time, and I remember thinking, I'm looking at your schedule, and you guys are a one-loss team that nearly – beat Oklahoma mm-hmm. in Oklahoma, but you're going to fly under the radar because it wound up being like a two-touchdown or 17-point yeah, difference. I think it was a 10-point game. Okay, yeah. yeah. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, and then you play Kansas at the end of the year, and Kansas is undefeated. And I'm looking at Kansas' schedule, I'm like, I think Kansas could wind up actually being undefeated, which sounds like an oxymoron, yeah. you know? Especially <laughs> as of late. Yes, as of exactly. Late. And I'm looking at Missouri, I'm going, if you can hang with Oklahoma and Norman, you can beat anybody. Yeah. And now, and I remember saying this on the Monday after that Norman game, I said, I think Missouri could be in a position to play for the national championship. Yeah. People are like, okay, you went to Missouri, you're just saying asinine stuff. 
But that's how good the team was. And then if Kansas can be undefeated, then you guys can beat Kansas and you could have this perfect storm. We, and that's what – were you aware of any of yes. this that you were? Oh, yeah. this makes me feel so, so we, good. I feel vindicated 12 years later. When we beat – so when we lost to Oklahoma, um, granted, we're up 24-23 going to the fourth quarter. You guys were up in Oklahoma 24-23. Going to the fourth wow. quarter. Wow. Pig Brown played phenomenal right. that year. That's right. right. That's One of the best safeties in the yes. nation. Drops a normally sure-handed guy, drops a pick in the end zone. Okay? Then we come out, we get a – the mic cuts out on the headset when delaying the play. Yes. Uh, Chase thought it was a give. I heard fake. I, sig- I got signal fake. So I don't take the ball. Chase puts it in my belly. It hits the floor. They scoop and score. Um, so just some things fell apart there in the fourth quarter. But we knew that – like we felt like we were the better team. And it's crazy to say that because they didn't beat us again at the end of the year. But if you fast forward to the end of that year, it's 14, 14 and a half. Yeah, yeah. We come out and and they got touchdowns, we got field goals. And then that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Like we, we couldn't punch the – we're in the red zone. We couldn't remember. punch the ball in. So it, it was tough, man. And, and you go from uh, you go from beating Kansas, being number one in the nation, to you're, you're 14, 14 at halftime. You're literally a half away from playing for the national, national championship. championship. Yeah. Well, take me back to that after you guys lose. Because just in the mindset in Missouri, I remember walking out of Arrowhead that night. And Missouri fans are chanting, we're number one. And like in St. Louis now, the the equivalent I've always drawn, actually, I think there's a lot of similarities between Missouri fans and Blues fans because both have been kind of experienced some heartbreak over mm-hmm. the years, both both in basketball and football and Blues fans. And then the idea of the Blues winning the Stanley Cup, it's like, no way. Well, now, now it's happened. But to walk out of Arrowhead, we're number one. We're number one. It's like Missouri is number one in college football. Crazy, man. But the buildup to that thing. I mean, that was incredible. And the atmosphere, I mean, listen, you've played you've played in the NFL, but the atmosphere to be in that building against your rival for the number one spot in the country in college football, not college basketball, college football. Yeah. It, it, it's so crazy because that, that year, after that Oklahoma loss, we did so many things that Missouri hadn't done in a long time. You go beat Colorado in Boulder, right? I, I, believe, I believe that was early that year. You beat Colorado in Boulder, right? You beat Kansas State at Kansas State, which they hadn't done yeah. in a long time. Um, and then you beat Kansas in Arrowhead for to be number one. I'm kind of glad the game shaped out the way that it did because if we would have blown them out, it wouldn't have it, it wouldn't have felt yeah it wouldn't have felt right yeah. So I, I knew we were on the verge of blowing. I think it was 21. Oh yeah, yeah. we were on the verge of blowing them out. You were clearly a better team, but it, you know you know they they had some stuff go. Um, but it it, it, it was so, everything was just set up for us to. Um, just, just, just for us to do special things, and I, I think we're the highest ranked team ever to finish in the BCS standings without playing the BCS, BCS Bowl. Bowl. I, I think we finished fourth that year. Yeah, like, that's crazy. I'll, yeah, that's you know, it's, so. it's very uh, suspicious is the yeah. word I, I will use on it. So I've always wondered this, and I know I've asked you about this, but it was kind of while while you were in the middle of playing the NFL, and I've asked Chase Daniel about this, and I, I sat down at Pinkle's house for this show, did like a ninety minute interview with him, and I asked him about the two thousand seven Big Twelve Championship game. He's like, well, you know, some things happen. Our players play, but, you know, and he just kind of like, and I'm like, all right, I still feel like there's more to it. Not to say that something was like going on in the locker room. And they're like, I'm just like, you guys just didn't, I didn't feel like you played your game. That's, that's what I would say. I I feel like you played more your game in Norman than you did in San Antonio in the big 12 championship. So what is your, your, you clearly have great recollection on all these things. You're citing pig Brown's drop and, and you're, uh, your miscommunication with Chase on the headset, so you can remember this stuff. So what do you remember about that game? Because like you said, it was a close game. Yeah, at, at it, the was, half. it was a close game. Um, I remember scoring. 
I remember. So I remember touchdown, right? Yeah. And it was uh, before the first, the end of the half, right? Yeah. Before it made it fourteen twelve, we'd run a reverse pass. I throw it to Chase, or I throw it to somebody, Rucker, for a two point conversion, right? So Chase is lifting me up. He's carrying me off the field, going to halftime. We're fourteen fourteen. Like in the locker room, I, I I'm trying to think of if there was anything that like. That like gave me a, a, a like a bad feeling. The only thing was when we got into the red zone, we could not yeah. score touchdowns. Like I I don't. We were a pretty good red zone team all year. Actually, really good red zone team all year. For some reason, we could not score a touchdown. Just didn't happen zone. that day. And it was just kind of like, like I, I think I think we turned we threw a pick. There was a ball bounced off Rucker. Yeah, uh, we threw a pick. They returned it. Um, so it, it was just they returned it down to like three or four, like mm-hmm. something deep in the red zone and. I feel like after that pick, it just kind of like sucked the yeah. windows, and it was, it was tough, man. I'm, people think that you don't think about these things. Like, I think about losing the semifinals two straight years in high school. I think about not making the national championship. Like these things stay with you. I think about I played nine years in the in the National Football League. This is how hard it is. I won one playoff game. Really? With the Eagles, right? Yep. Yeah. No, with Kansas City. With Kansas City. Yeah. Won one playoff game. What are the chances of that? Some people don't never sniff the playoffs. Hey, yeah, yeah. It's tough, man. Yeah. It, it, it's 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 weird. It's a it's a weird it's a weird thing. Man. So when you guys don't get the bid to the Orange Bowl and Kansas does, what's going on inside of the room, so to speak, that day? Because you got to put on a good face. Yeah, you're going to the Cotton Bowl. That's yeah. great. We're disappointed. We're disappointed. And Missouri fans were beside themselves. Kansas fans are like, "See, we're the better team." And it's like, man, Missouri just beat yeah, you. Yeah, you're, you're not. <laughs> um, but you know the one thing that Kansas they they did go in and they beat a Virginia Tech team who I thought was just okay. Right. Um, I thought the ACC that year was just okay. Uh, we, we're frustrated. We're mad. Um, so you guys to take that out yeah, of Arkansas. Yeah, I think I think guys were a little like, oh my god, we got to go play. But for something clicked when we got there, and it might have been when one of Pinkle's. We got to Dallas. It might have been one of Pinkle's meetings. It might have been seeing the actual. Um, and hearing about the history of the Cotton Bowl and how prestigious that bowl is. Uh, but something clicked when we were down there. Um, and guys are like, you know what, we're going to go out here and we're going to ball out. And I, we destroyed them. Like, we ran we ran for 300 yards. Yeah, Tony um, Temple had an afternoon. Yeah, d- defensively, they couldn't do anything. And that might have been the best three running backs ever assembled on the team mm-hmm. in the history of college football. Mm-hmm. You got Peyton, you got McFadden and Felix Jones. And and they couldn't, couldn't, do, they, anything. couldn't do anything. You couldn't know, so do it was, anything. It was uh, it, it was definitely a nice way to go out. You know, um, it, it wasn't what we wanted, but I think we uh, I think we put a, a little bit of an exclamation point on. That oh season. hell yeah! So that there was no more, I can't recall a more anticipated season than 2008 season. Is my lifetime as a Missouri football fan, uh, and certainly you sent a message out of the gate early. And uh, and I think got to number three in the country, hosting Oklahoma State on a Saturday night. You're already shaking your head. <laughs> yeah, but so I'm right on because we we played as about as bad as you can play um, against Oklahoma State. Against Oklahoma State, and I still think the dude dropped the pick. There's pictures of that ball on the ground. Gangster Pete's gonna pull up the video right now. There's pictures, <laughs> of, and, and I feel and I because it came to me like it, the ball came to me and dude, man, you know, and I still think he dropped it. <laughs> You really are looking this up, I see, over there. We're going to go into the forensics. So, yeah, undefeated, number three in the country. And then, if I'm not mistaken, because I went to the game in Austin, and uh, and that was supposed to be the big showdown, because you're going to beat Oklahoma State, at least the thought process was, and then now you're going to play 
Heck, now you're shaking your head. I'm sorry to bring these up. No, it's like flashback good. hour. <laughs> I, I haven't been dominated like that in the football. Actually, okay, that was the first time I got dominated like that. The second time was when I was in Baltimore. We played Jacksonville in London, and they beat the, the living, the living, the living <laughs> out of us. Sometimes but, those London games can be weird. Um, that's 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 the worst I've ever been dominated in my life. What was going on? Hangover from Oklahoma State? Maybe. Yeah. That, that's the only way I can think of it. Yeah. And, and Coach Pinkle, you want to talk? I've never seen him as upset at halftime as he was. Colt McCoy could do no wrong. First of all, he was like 29 of 32. I knew things were not going well when he took the snap, fumbled the ball, picked it up, and threw a touchdown. I was like, yo, this 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 could not go any worse. And it, it was just, <laughs> I, they, they beat they beat us badly. Yeah. Badly. Yeah. And so at that point, it's clear now the goals that the team had, I would imagine anyway. I th- I would, you guys had to be thinking national championship yeah, going into 2008. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and because we, we start off and, and hop, what we we beat Nebraska, what we put beat up 60 yards in, in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, it felt good to start off. And then Oklahoma, that's, that loss took it out of them. Yeah. And then that leads to a few weeks later, I guess, at that point. Um, what took place at Arrowhead. And I would imagine, even though the national championship's obviously not in play any longer, to to have that take place, the heartbreak. Yeah. I, 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 tough. Tough. I know we were, I think we were up early. and we The thing with them, we just let them stick around. Yeah. You let them stick around, and then they made some plays. And uh, I, I know um, that the, the quarterback moved a receiver or something like that, right? Or yeah, Meyer, Meyer moved a receiver, and I know he had a big day at receiver. Like, who would have thought, you know? Um, yeah, and, and then after that, we still go to the Big 12 championship, and then Oklahoma, who have been scoring 60 on everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we're playing with them. It's a close game to start off. It's, it's it's I believe it's 13 to 10 or something, 14 to 10 or something like that. And then next thing you know, I look up and – yeah. Yeah, got pretty bad. Yeah, so. it, did get, it did get a little rough. You guys finish off and you play Northwestern, the Alamo Bowl, Alamo Bowl MVP, mm-hmm. Jeremy Macklin. And I think everybody on the outside looking in is like, well, he's going to the NFL, and he should. God bless him. Tip of the cap. It's been an incredible career, two memorable Missouri years, even though 08 didn't go the way you guys wanted it. But you were sweating that decision, weren't yeah. you? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, like I said, it's, it's the environment, man. It was great. You know, it, I had so much fun at, at Missouri. Um I'm, I'm, you know, people always say if you can go back in time and and relive something, what would you? It'd be my time in Missouri. Yeah. I had that much fun. You know, it, it was awesome. Um, the people I met there, um, they all play a big important role in my life to date. Um, so it's, it's just it was just really cool, man. And uh, you know, it, it was a tough decision. You know, that those are like my brothers, and you know, the one thing that I always respect Coach Pinkle for, and clearly, you know, you got you know arguably the best player on your team and one of the best players on your team, and you know, he looks me in my eyes and he says, "Hey, if I'm you, I'd, I'd go to the pros." And I'm like, "I mean, that, that's that's a sign." Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's still hard. That's why I broke down in my presser. Yeah, that was a really emotional press conference. Yeah, you know, and it's you know, it, I think that speaks volumes to, you know, the type of people that's at you know that was in Columbia and 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 the type of people that were that were. I think it speaks program. volumes for you, Jeremy, because I mean, a lot of guys, this is all they want. Totally understood, yeah. by the way, and, and and for you, it's that difficult to go and make millions of dollars. It's mm-hmm. that tough. That's how much it meant to you. I mean, I think that I think that's an indication of your character as well. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it, yeah, yeah. You know, it, like I said, I, I think I, I, I valued um, my time there that much that, that, that made that decision that more difficult for me to, 
have to go to mandatory study hall, and then like you said, go to yeah. and make millions of dollars. Like I, I literally was debating on whether or not that's really something I wanted to do. Yeah. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies is making it possible for Jeremy Macklin to be on this radio program because he presents our guests every week here on the show. And if you're just becoming familiar with the podcast, please like it. Please subscribe to it. It's free to do. And please support our sponsors. Please post a positive review. It helps the cause. Um, and if you're just becoming familiar with it and you're a Missouri fan, I mean, one of the Actually, it was the first interview. It was like, and I think I bring it up here with Jeremy, uh, 90 Minutes with Gary Pinkle at his house in Columbia. It was our first interview. So we've had uh, some really good ones on here, and uh, they're evergreen. You know, they're talking about people's careers, their experiences, famous moments. If you're a fan of these programs, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I wonder what his perspective was. And as, and as time goes on, people get more comfortable talking about some things that, you know, in the moment, if you're in the locker room, you know, they're not going to say. That's the nature of the beast. So... Uh, Jeremy Macklin, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. He is online at evergreenstl.com. He's a good man. He's a smart man. He helps everyday people every day get their finances in order, prepare, and put you on the right track for a plan that works best for you. We're not going, okay, we'll meet with Mark, and now he's going to start allocating dollars into your portfolio and, you know, enjoy the ride. That's not what we're talking about here. Okay, this is how much we have. This is how much we earn. Here are our expenses. Here's what we want in five years. Here's what we have as far as college for our kids. What should we be doing for this? And he, and he puts you on a plan. And I have found that to be, and, and a lot of you might be going, wow, Tim, you're 42. Did it really take this long to figure this out? And the answer is unfortunately yes, but I didn't have Mark Hanna in my life. And a financial advisor, and I, I'm not talking, there's a different broker and financial advisor. Yes, they, they, can, they can intertwine, but uh, as far as getting on the right path, this is the move. Go to evergreenstl.com and just give Mark Hanna a call. You're going to be very happy it did. I promise you on that. It's not a, I mean, I, listen, I realize he's an advertiser and I know that, that my job is to, to deliver business for him. But, you know, as, as people can attest to, I will not do spots for just anybody. It's just that simple. I'm not going to ruin my name just by doing spots for anybody. I think very highly of Mark. And I know if you call him or if you visit evergreenstl.com, you're going to be happy you did. 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. And then James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Now, he was an advertiser at first, and then I got to know him and dealt with him for one emergency issue we had with uh, Inside STL. And uh, and so I, I'm like, I said to my wife, I said, we got to switch to James Carlton. We have to. 314-961-4800. And I couldn't be happier that we did because as it turned out, we wound up having flooding in our basement and it was a major problem. And James was on top of it. I mean, he was, he, he led the charge for us. I just don't think every insurance agent does that. And to make sure that we got taken care of with State Farm, I mean, it was very impressive. And that's why when I hear from James that a lot of you have switched over to James Carlton, it makes me very happy because I know now you are in good shape because you're with one of the best in the business. James Carlton, carltoninsurance.net, 314-961-4800. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton, State Farm. Now, back to Jeremy Macklin. So we've had a lot of people on this show. Uh, obviously, Gary Pinkle, a lot of ball players. Isaac Bruce has been in here. Senators, uh, media personalities, and so on and so forth. But if I'm not mistaken, I don't think we've ever had a first-round NFL draft pick in here. And to get an idea of what that is, 
is like, because I would imagine, especially with your situation, a unique upbringing, to grind through what you grinded through, an ACL injury your freshman year, you know you got to work your ass off. We have no idea what you had to do, but you know that goes into it. You make that decision to leave, and now that day comes in April where you're going to sit and wait, and you're hoping that all of this work is going to come to the greatest of fruition, which is hearing your name called in the first round. Take me back to that day, if you would. Uh, that day that day was surreal, man. It was special. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, if, if, if you listen to Mel Kuyper and, and Todd McShay, it was Todd McShay, right? That's right. Um, I was supposed to go to Oakland. That's so right. Go- Number 10, so, Oakland, if I'm so, not mistaken. So glad. I think Oakland's like seven. San Fran was 10. Okay. So glad I didn't. Um, Darius Hayward Bay. Yes. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> that's right. That's my, how you handle that. Yeah, you yes, say yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, and and, and, and but it, you know, it, it's it was a dream come true. Um, you know, for it's so crazy because you know I got this big. Did you draft. think you were going to go there based on because you always I did, I did. Team, but my like agent, Drew Lock, for example, really thought he was going to the Broncos. Yeah. Probably thought he was going first round Broncos, but yeah. wound up going second round. Do you because my agent, my agent calls me. He called me the morning of right and said, hey. I don't know if this is true, but apparently Al Davis came into the to the to the to the war room and moved Darius Harris Bay name in front of yours. Perfect. Speed wise. That's what it was. Um which I don't I don't mind. You know, it all worked out for me. You know, yeah. I'm 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 grateful. Um but it's so weird because I had my I had my you know, my draft party at the house. Um and my cousin comes in wearing an old school Cunningham jersey. And I'm like The Randall Cunningham Eagles? Yes. And I'm like what what, <laughs> what is it? What, what is if it? I get drafted by the Cowboys? Or, 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 you know what, I mean? what if I get drafted by some other team? Like you know what I mean? But it was so crazy. It's it's in the picture and everything. He, he had a old school Eagles reigning Cunningham jersey. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I get drafted by the Eagles. So uh, it, it was cool. Like I said, it was a dream come true. So now the way it works, it seems like guys will they'll their agent will put the phone in their ear and they're on the phone with the team. So when we see it on television, more often than not, they already know, mm-hmm. especially in the first round. How did you find out? How'd you actually find out? Um, you know, you just got your phone there and your phone's on the table and, and it's so crazy. So it's so crazy how this works because I had no contact with the Eagles at all. Not, oh, really? Not at the combine, not. Reads the coach then, right? Yeah. Okay. So you, you get all these, you know, uh, I, I really talked to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got pick eight. You know, I really talked to Cleveland. They had pick like four and 20, I believe. So I talked to all these teams, and I'm like, oh, man, I could go here. I possibly I could go here. Um, there were some teams in the, in the 10, 11, 12 range. I'm like, oh, which one am I? I get a call. I'm like, 215, area code. I'm like, Amazing, like, that's Philly. I'm like, Philly? He's like, yeah. Take up the phone, and Coach Reeves like, how you, you know, are you ready? How you feel about playing for us? And I'm excited. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> and clearly, you know, I, I was a, you know, I was a huge McNabb fan at the time. B. Westbrook. Um, I knew they had Deshani from the previous mm-hmm. year. I remember T.O. playing out there. Um, so it, it was pretty cool. Oh, is it is brutally nervous? Or are you very confident you're going the first round? I've uh, seen a lot of dudes who thought they were going the first round. We've yeah, seen it. You, you and know, then they wind up sitting there. Just just knowing the names are on the board, um, I, I didn't think, like, I, so technically I slipped, if you want to call that that. Because Hayward Bay yeah. went first, and Crabtree went to the 49ers so, yeah, at 10. I think he was and, locked at 10. I think yeah. 49ers are taking Crabtree. All right. Um, so technically I guess I slipped, but, you know, it, it, I wasn't, I, I, was a little, I was a little upset from a standpoint of 
just I wasn't the first receiver taken. Wanted that. That's what I wanted. Sure. Um, but I wasn't. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't too too bad. Yeah. yeah. So the time comes to go to the league, and people so often say that the difference is the speed. Is that what you would say when you got in there and you started playing with those guys? The speed is, Absolutely. is noticeable. When, when you got DNs running, 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 chasing you down on screen passes, <laughs> like I can remember, <laughs> I can remember my second year in the league, third year in the league. Um, I get a screen pass against the 49ers. Right, I'm running up the, the left sideline. I get hit from the back. I fumble. Right, essentially costs loses the game. Right, whatever. It's Justin Smith. Oh, hello. I'm like, first of all, why are you way out here? What are you doing? Like, I'm 15 yards downfield. Like, what are you doing? But, like, it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. The speed of the game is really – and he, clearly he's a special player. Absolutely. Um, But the speed of the game is crazy. And and what about the adjustment from a, I don't know, coaching standpoint, but the strategy, the level of of the I mean, offenses? Playbooks are, playbooks are huge. Yeah. Um, no, I've, I'm, I've always been a smart, smart, fast learner. Um you know, one of the things you do on these pre-draft visits sometimes, the uh, team may quiz you on, like, formations and plays. They may give you, like, a 15-minute install, and they'll mm. quiz you and see which. I remember the Browns did. I got 30 out of 30. Like, so, like, I, I, I pick up on things pretty. That's one of the things I You tested really well on the Wonderlick test, if I'm yeah, not mistaken, as like, well, right? Yeah. So, Wonderlick test, it's 50 questions. Um, you get a certain amount of time to do it. Are these uh, tough? What's going on in the Wonderlick test? They're not very tough. They So, sometimes they trick you. Sometimes it's kind of easy. But the thing is, I didn't answer all the questions. I answered like 30 questions, but I got, I think, 25, 26 of them right. Okay. So it's just kind of like, you know, um, it's if you really take the time and look at it, you should do you should do well. And some questions are tough. They may, but you should do well. Are they like math? Are we were they critical sometimes thinking? Math, yeah, it's yes, everything. Okay. Thinking, all right. They just want to see how you handle things yes. under pressure on the fly. That's yes. what it's about. Yes. And you tested well for that. Yes. And now you're flying high at the NFL level. You got a good thing going. What was it like to play with McNabb? You talked about being a fan of his going. Yeah, you know, I, I was. <laughs> I was a huge McNabb fan to start. Um, you know, you you net. Uh, I see how you're handling this. Yeah. This is interesting. It's uh, it's, it's sometimes sometimes situations are weird, man. You know, it, on paper and, and 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 from the outside looking in, you should think that it'll be a good fit. Um, but I think that no, there's a reason why him and like he didn't that first year I was there, mm-hmm. and, and you know, front office stuff going on and and some stuff between relationship between his players. Um, but prior to that, yes, I was a big time McNaffey, and I thought he was a special player. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and 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 so you have a few years in Philadelphia. How would you characterize that experience? First off, Philadelphia notorious mm-hmm. for fans being hardcore. Oh yeah, it's I'm, they they love you, they hate you, then they love you again. You know that's <laughs> it's, that's that's that that's that's a fan base, you know, and and and, and rightfully so. Like you said, I, I, you know, there's there's some things that go on that I don't agree with, but for the most part, you know, fans pay their money. You know, they you know they want their team to be successful. They want their team to. To, to meet expectations, and I understand that I get it. Um, you know, and, and when you're not playing well, you know they're gonna let you know. Yeah. And 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 sometimes, to their to to you know not their fault, they don't necessarily understand what's going on. Yeah, that's a doors. tough thing. Yeah. Um, oh, you only had one catch today. Well, I only had one target. <laughs> I, I would like to politely you know, present. You know, I could, you know, I could provide you with clips where I could have gotten the ball in other plays. I just didn't. You know, it's just how it goes. Um, but. You know, for for a while, there's some fans that that didn't like me. I remember there's a reporter, uh, or 
host that came out and said when Des- when Deshaun left, it was like hey, trade Macklin, whatever, whatever. And, you know, so then I come out, I have the best season of my career. He writes me a tweet with like a, you know, the little thing that covers their face, like a little like I messed up. Yeah, and then kind of I'm not saying anything else. But, so like you do get that sometimes, but. At the end of the day, man, that, that's 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 kind of why you like playing the game. Too. How many how many times did you ever get the chance to play at the dome? I know you. Play, I'm talking about outside of playing at Missouri because I remember going to the game to open up the season. It was the 10th anniversary of September 11th. Yeah. And you guys opened up the season uh, against the Rams. So I, that's 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 the year where I didn't have an off season. Um, I was sick, um, so I came in. Uh, I had got cleared. I want to say maybe a week prior to that. Is that right? Um, and uh, so I, the game wasn't really in the game plan. I think I might have had like one catch for like twenty some yards. That's exactly right. You know um, your stuff. It's exactly. I'm looking at. Yeah, it right it's, I mean, it's one back catch, home in the one dome. Target. One, yeah, that's right. But I want to ask you about that. I really do because I had a. I, I don't know if I don't know if we had the same thing. I have no idea. So in 2012, uh, I had a cough and it just wouldn't go away, and then I had like these weird cramps. And I, they kept testing me for all this stuff. Couldn't figure out what was going on. And this started, this was like four months worth of this stuff. Yeah. And eventually they say, uh, come in for like a, a chest x-ray. And I'm like, all right, fine. They, they want to get a CT scan. I'm like, all right. And I'm thinking they're going to give me a pack for my cough and I'm going to go home. And then they say, well, we just want to test. You might have lymphoma. And I'm like, what? I go from thinking I have a cold to yeah. lymphoma like that. And, and then I was told... The next day after the CT scan by the chief of staff at Mercy, because he was a family friend, he goes, I wanted to be the one to tell you this. I didn't want you to hear from a random doctor, but you have lymphoma. And, you know, it's 85% survivor rate. You're going to be fine, but I just want to let you know. So, I mean, you know, I went to journalism school. I don't know anything about medicine. I didn't realize you have to have tissue tested to confirm, you know, a malignancy. And so then I do have a mediastinoscopy procedure up here. They remove tissue and test it. And then a week later, they call me and tell me, you don't have cancer. And they just thought I had like a fungal infection or sarcoidosis. Yeah. That's what they thought it was. And I haven't heard of too many people having this kind of situation. I knew you went through something that sounds at least like where you think you have lymphoma yeah. for a number of months, except my shit went on for a week. Yours went on where you thought, I think you had cancer for months and yeah. you're in the middle of an NFL career. So what's going on here? What so symptoms did you have? I, I had gotten sick. Um, I was having like night sweats. Yeah, that's um, usually a, one of those symptoms. Night though. sweats. Um, you know, I was I was losing weight, um, having headaches. When did this start? Off season. This happened. This started the off season, so uh, 2011. Okay. Um, like April, May. No, yeah. it started like kind of earlier. Than okay. That. And I believe that's the lockout year too. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, it so that made it it made it a little more challenging because I wasn't we were, I wasn't With, there. Yeah. Um, so it, it was all that stuff, man, and I, you know, I just couldn't shake it and um, running fevers and all types of stuff. So um, they did. I had I had skin biopsies. I had um, bone marrow. I had um, X-rays, MRIs. Cat. I did everything, and uh, you know they they couldn't find anything. Um, I got tested for everything you can think of. Couldn't find anything. Limes, everything. Um, and they gave me Celebrex, and Celebrex knocked it out of my system, I guess, and then they chalked it up as an inflammatory infection, but it was crazy. But didn't they tell you, or didn't you think that yeah, you oh, had yeah, lymphoma? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. They, they came to me and was like, hey, you know, we think you might have lymphoma, and 
then I went on for like another month of testing. Um, What's that like? What's that? I mean, I, for me, I was, I was an absolute mess. I only told my, my immediate family. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough because it's, it's, I mean, it's the I'm, unknown. I'm doing a radio show. You're in the middle of an NFL career. Yeah, it's the unknown, man. The unknown. Is, yeah. is, I think the unknown in general is scary. It's a scary thing. Yeah. Um, the waiting was the thing that I thought was the most. Especially brutal. when the outcome can be bad. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? When you don't know and there's a chance the outcome might be bad. I think in life in general, um, the uh, the unknown can scare you a little bit. Um, but luckily for me, man, I was, I've was i been battle tested my whole life. You know, it's upbringing, ACLs, stuff like I use all that stuff to kind of help me get through mm-hmm. it. Um, now there was times where I was going to get stuff done. I didn't even tell my family because I just didn't want, I didn't want to worry anybody. Yeah. Um, I just, because I, I, I didn't know. So if I don't know, I don't want to tell you, hey, this might be it. Right. You know, my mom is losing her mind and doing all type of crazy stuff and, and, and you know, worrying about me, so. I just it was tough, but you know, luckily and yeah, everything. Worked so just out. an inflammatory disease that yep. Celebrex knocks out. Yeah, or kind of just might have just ran its course. Right, Celebrex helped it run its course, and haven't had anything like that in eight years since. Nope. No, nope. man, that's incredible. It's you crazy, don't you, you do not hear those kinds of stories too often. It's crazy. And you're back in there, you're playing, and then back at it again in 2013. Here's the ACL again. I mean. It just keeps coming. That that ACL there was was devastating for, for two reasons. One, it's a new it's a new um, it's a, it's a, it's it's a new it's a new era, right? Unfortunately, Coach Reed gets fired. I, I love him to death. That's my guy. Um, Chip comes in at the time, didn't know what type of energy Chip was going to give off, but I'm excited. It's a new it's a new era. You know, we got all these things. You know, everything's going well. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm working. I'm, I'm, I'm out there. And first day out on the field, training camp, term ACL, contract year two. Mm. So once again, I'm devastated. I'm hurt. Uh, now I was really looking forward to, 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 you know, to, 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 to the new start and, 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 and being able to a new system, yeah, new system and just being able to show what I can do. And, and, and when you go down and it's tough, but you know, the one thing that I respect Philly for is when I went down, it was like, Mac, you're not going anywhere. Now I'm not gonna get the big contract. I wanted, but they showed me that they still have faith in me and, and they wanted me to be a part of the future. So Mac, you're not going anywhere. So I was like, okay, if I'm not going anywhere, show me how bad you want me. So the, People don't know this, but they offered me a five-year deal on my ACL. The wow. numbers weren't what I wanted them to be, right. but, they, but they were committed to offer me a five-year deal. Also, what people don't understand is of that five-year deal, they were going to guarantee a good large amount of it. Okay? Really? Just to show, but kind of how I looked at it is, okay, if I come back from this ACL and I have a really good season, then I'm significantly underpaid. Mm-hmm. Okay, So I was like, you know what? Cool, I'll take a one-year deal, prove it deal, um, and we'll go from there. Um, so one-year prove it deal. I went out there. I had my best season of my career um, the next year, and uh, it, it was a tough decision, um, you know. Uh, to turn came, that down, to take the one-year deal. To take the one-year deal, uh, but I did it. Um, and then let's fast forward to the next offseason. Now I'm stuck with another situation where – Got to make a decision if this is a place I wanted to be full term. Uh, by that time, I got two years on the chip. Now I kind of 
know kind of what he has going on and kind of the energy that he's given off. And um, I loved Coach Reed and loved everything he did for me and, and, and drafted me. So uh, I knew KC was in the need for a receiver. Um, and I felt like that was just a better fit. Um, and it was it was the big contract that I wanted. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty You cool. bet on yourself. Yeah. Bet you on bet myself. on yourself. Yeah. That's it's like an episode of Ballers, yeah. and it, <laughs> and it paid off. And then you have you know the experience in Kansas City, and you get to play at Arrowhead on a regular basis, yeah. side of one of your greatest college experiences. So what was it like playing? Granted, it's not your your hometown, but it is your home state, and playing in Kansas City. I mean, you play. You look at Baltimore, Philadelphia, and Kansas City. These are three yeah, oh, passionate yeah. Oh, yeah. football fan bases I, I, I and think, incredible atmospheres. I think those three cities kind of represent the type of player that I am. Just. You know, resilient, kind of, um, I, I just don't back down very easy. I don't back down to anybody. That's kind of been my mentality my whole life. Um, my experience in KC was awesome, man, uh, especially to start. Once again, you know, I, I go out there, I have a really good season. Um, you know, did some things that our wide receiver didn't even score the year before. Yeah, that's <laughs> one of the most amazing statistics. But, so, yes, you were able to get in the end zone yeah. like the previous year as a wide receiver. I was Alex Smith's first 1,000-yard receiver. Yeah. Um, so things are going in the right direction, man. And, 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 you know, we get into the playoffs. I, I think, I think we're one in five. Then we win 10 straight, yeah. go to 11 and five. And then the one playoff game I was talking about against Houston, we beat them in Houston. And then I get a high ankle sprain, knee sprain. So then I'm out there next week against New England. I can't, I can barely move, can barely walk, but it's the playoffs. I got to suit up. I still think if we're fully healthy, you don't. You, you beat them. We beat. We don't have me. We don't have Justin Houston. We don't have Tom Bailey. Justin's playing banged up. Tom is not playing at all. Uh, we don't have um, Spencer Ware. Um, so we're, we're banged up, and we go out there and we fight. Uh, I don't think I finished the game. I couldn't. I couldn't yeah. take it. I couldn't yeah. do it. Um, but that started like the injury of my career now so you say that, that started i'm thinking it started in 2002 but like that's where it was that started never really get over that hill again back, yeah back to what i was yeah um and then the next year i, I turned my girl see then after the season i get you know i talk to coach i remember i never forget i go to coach reed and i say coach reed you know hey i know i'm making a lot of money i know i didn't perform very well last year you know, I just want to know what my future holds. Oh, you're fine. You know, we're good. So let's fast forward. Um, I'm, I'm going through OTAs. I get married. Two weeks later, I get cut. Okay. I talked to Coach Reed. I, you know, I that kind of caught me by surprise, too. Dorsey's was there. Um, whether they had some stuff going on upstairs, I don't know. Um, my guess is Coach Reed didn't know that I was getting cut until the day of. Um, I don't think he would lie to me. Yeah. We got a pretty good relationship. And one of the reasons that I also feel comfortable saying that is because Dorsey gets fired a week later. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So there was some – There, I do know for sure there was some type of power thing going on upstairs. Um, I don't know all the details, so I'm not going to speak too much on it. Um, but Dorsey gets cut. I mean, Dorsey gets, gets fired. fired. And, you know, I'm now looking for a job, and I go to Baltimore, and um, everything is good to start off. You know, uh, I'm feeling good. And then first game of the season, I strain the quad. Nobody knows that. Second game of the season, I, I strain my other quad. So now I'm playing with two strain quads. 
Um, second game of the season, I also get a, uh, a start experiencing stingers. So I get a stinger. Um, fast forward a little bit, um, I get hit again to the point where my shoulder goes completely dead. Oh, my goodness. Um, can't feel my shoulder. Uh, Got to take some games off. Uh, come back against Miami on a Thursday night, have a decent game. Uh, Flacco gets hurt that game, uh, but I have a decent game. Um, come on a little bit further, play Cleveland. We're getting ready to make a playoff run. Um, I turn my MCL. Grade three. It's pretty bad. Oh. I get hit. Peppers hits me in the knee. Turn my, ACL, turn my, turn my MCL. Um, and then don't play again for the rest of the season. When I'm rehabbing from that, um, I start to feel this spot in my hamstring. Uh, turns out that my hamstring was being held up by like 10% of my hamstring. I was 90% of my hamstring was torn off the bone. Um, go see all type of specialists. Um, uh, this is not really a surgery we do very much. It's a surgery that you kind of see in long distance runners. Uh, we do this surgery. Uh, you may or may not come back to what you were. Probably not. You're 30 something. I'm like, man, this is, this, 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 this. I don't know if I want to fight this battle back up this hill. You know, in the process, I have my baby. Um, and I sit down with my wife and we're talking. I'm like, you know, is this, is this really worth it? You know, I've, I've, I've gave a lot to the game. You know, this last three years, four years, I've literally been hurt. I haven't really had very much time for myself. On my days off, I got rehab. During my off season, I got rehab. You know, is do I want to continue to do this? Um, and you know, you love the game sometimes, but sometimes you just gotta gotta you gotta just gotta walk away. Was and, that a really tough decision when it got down to yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I cried. I'm, I'm not. Afraid. I cried. You know, I I because other than my hamstring, like, I feel like I'm good. Everything else is good. My shoulder. So your hamstring like, still kind of you feel it a little bit because oh you my hamstring still messed up because yeah. I haven't had the, I haven't had time. Yeah, I moved. Um, had my baby. There's no way I could have been on crutches and helped my wife. You know. Um, I still got pain. If I bend down to pick something up, you can feel it. You can feel it pulling. I, I don't know. I, it might be 5% of my hamstring. Like, it might yeah. just pop by itself one day. But eventually, I, I still got to get the surgery, even for everyday life, yeah. because I can still feel it. Um, yeah, but, I, you know, it, I cried tough. You know, I thought about it. You know, for the longest, you know, I kept thinking, hey, you know, maybe I'll get the surgery and see kind of. No, I'm okay. No. You're good. You're I'm, good. Yeah, I'm at peace with my decision. Like no. I see Chris Long tweet, and he's like, "Man, I see these videos at camp, and I am fine with not being there." Yeah. <laughs> it, it's you know, it, so I, I'm looking at all the videos, and yes, I agree with him 110. percent But then you see the videos of the dudes joking in the locker. Room right. And, That's and, what everybody always says they miss, no matter what the sport yeah, is. Yeah, it's it's like, man, like I miss that. Like, yeah. yeah, I love my wife, I love my kid, but like, <laughs> I go. To, I go to work. I talk to my boys about stuff. I don't talk to my wife about, you know. Absolutely. It's just kind of like. Yeah. It's a, it's a game changer. So yeah. when you're you're missing that element, I'm sure you're a competitor. you got to be competitive. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter, you know, whether it be coaching at Kirkwood right now. Do you go, I'd like to get into to coaching full time. Is that where you are? So Broadcast? I, I've read you're interested in broadcasting. Yeah. I'm just trying to see if this is something I want to do long term. Coaching. coaching. So the, the thing is, I, I want to be a dad first. And, and I think. Coaching high school right now gave me the best thing, the best way to still be a dad first. Yeah, um, yeah. If you go to college, if you do the college route, you do the pro route, the hours are crazy. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that's something I want to do right now. And that may not be something I ever want to do because, I, I mean, I've done it. I've, I've done the, the, the seven to six every night. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's really what I want to do. 
Um, so yeah, you know, broadcast possibly, radio possibly, stuff where you can kind of create your own hours and and, and have a show kind of how you want to do things. Uh, the one thing that and and I love the media. I love the media. I love I love what they have to do. Um, but I, I think I'm more into the reporting. Like I, it look it irks me a little bit when I get you see former players and I I don't like when former players don't give the new age players their 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 respect. And I, I you see it a lot sometimes. Um, and then I also don't like. I don't really want to give my opinion. I want to report. Like, mm-hmm. so if Brady went twenty five for thirty. I want to report Brady went twenty five for thirty. I don't want to be on there saying he went twenty five for thirty, but he completed ten balls five yards or less. And is it really that hard? I, I don't. I don't really want to do that. You're part. not looking to skip Bale or Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, no. And 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 and, and I think those guys are great for TV. Uh, but that's that's not what I would do personally. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, you know, I kind of, I kind of want to keep it real. I want to give people an opportunity to tell, you know, to to tell their tell their story and and, and me to report it the right way. That's kind of more what I would. be. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know how often you watch Cardinal baseball. Uh, I did a show with Jim Edmonds um, for uh, about a year and a half, and the thing, the thing you said it earlier, like when Philadelphia fans and any fans, this isn't unique to Philadelphia, would be on you guys. And you'd be like, yeah, but they don't know some of the stuff that's going on. They don't know how many targets I had because people aren't paying attention to that. And then Edmonds would always say, he goes, yeah, you know, the tough thing is I realize the Cardinals lost three in a row, but we're not in the clubhouse, so we don't know what's going on. There might be. And so when he's calling a game on Fox Sports Midwest right now, he'll be able to make observations about certain things that even though I follow the game, I could never see. So you're able to see things that you just take for granted that you can see that the average person would be like, man— you, and plus, you have credibility yep. because you played at the level you played. So I, I think I, it's something that you would be able to capitalize on and and really kill it if you wanted to do it. I thought Tony Romo calling games was the, one of the greatest things ever. It was like watching Nostradamus, and and it was so cool because I think it gave Chris Collinsworth love him right, love him. He, he's very prestigious in in, in this industry. Um, people are very respect, but. He doesn't know what goes on in the quarterback's mind mm-hmm. before the start of a snap. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Romo gets up there. He's telling you guys, okay, the quarterback may be thinking this. He right. may be thinking this. He okay, if the guy blisters here, he may have a hot rod right. Like that's what I like. That's that's awesome. Yeah, he's not sitting up there saying, "Oh, the quarterback should have did this. He needs right. to do this. He's stupid." If he's he saying do this. it in advance. Exactly. You know, so that's kind of I, I like that mm-hmm. because he knows that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like all of a sudden, you. Th- Quarterback throws a corner out, or receiver has to be there. Well, Romo, uh, you know what? The ball, the corners over the top. Receiver should have flattened it down. The ball should have been a little flat. Like that's what I like. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I don't want speculation. I want what really is supposed to happen. Yeah. You know? And 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 like I said, there's a need for both. I, I understand that, but that's that's more of kind of what the I would style that you yes. that you want to do. Yes. So if you if you had to guess, in ten years from now, your daughter, ten years old at this mm-hmm. point, probably will have. One, two more, I would imagine. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely one more. Yeah, or at least one. I, I don't. I, I don't. I might be capping it. Me and the wife capping. wanted three, but I don't. I don't know if she enjoys I'm being pregnant. Telling you. <laughs> My God, I always say on this thing, I go. Nobody says this, but the first six or eight months is not the greatest thing in the world. I mean, I know I, I love my son, but my God, the yeah. first six or eight months, it makes you go, how did my parents have four? Um, but 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 you're going 10 years from now. What do you think most likely you're doing? What do you think? I mean, I, this is non-committal. I'm just curious. What do you think you'll be doing? If, if I had to guess, 
if I had to put a one or two things, I think I'd coach. I'd be coaching. Like head I'd, coach? I don't know. It depends on what level. Yeah. High school, definitely head coach. Sure. If I'm still in high school. College, big time assistant. That would be my goal. Okay. If I'm you would not want to be a head coach in college. Don't know yet. Okay. Don't know yet. No. Or two, own some type of business. Ah, so all right. Me, so now we're going entrepreneur. Yeah, me and the wife have been talking about certain things. She's a she's a big time Jersey girl and, and I know we have Italian ices out here, but I know that so she's big on Italian ice, she's big on readers and stuff like that. So we've been thinking of ways to There really are bring that around here. Yeah, right? we're thinking of ways to bring that here and put in demand a, 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 a New Jersey flair on well, look it. Look at like, this. So we, I like this play. We got we got some stuff I like this works, play. So. I like this play a lot. All right, I got to ask some quick hitters, and then I'll get you out here because I think I've went well above uh, what I told you I would do. I always wind up doing that. That's all good. 2007 Missouri versus 2013 Missouri. Both were a win away from playing for the national championship. I'm sure you watched the 2013 team. Of course, you're part of the 2007 team. Is that the team that lost to Auburn, Auburn yeah. in the SEC championship? Had a, had a run defense issue that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely high fly scoring. Yeah. <laughs> you asked me who would win? Yeah. 2007. All right. I don't even think it's close. No disrespect. Anything you want to run, yeah. No disrespect. Yeah. The 2007 thing, I think it does have another caliber of respect yeah. amongst Missouri fans. Maybe yeah. it's just a first taste, but my God, there are some big-time uh, names in there. Um, do you like Missouri being in the SEC? Yes. Good to hear. I thought you might be like, I played in the Big yes. 12, so I like it. Yes. I think it's the greatest, man. I just wish, I wish that, Two of our non-conference games were Nebraska and Kansas. Well, Kansas instead of Kansas isn't a West hiding Virginia right now. or a, I think I would love that. Yeah, I think that'll come. I think that'll come back. I yeah. think it'll come back. I wish it would come back. Much, I mean, now you got the Illinois things restarting. Yeah, but I, I, Nebraska and Kansas did something to me that Illinois didn't do. Now, what does that mean? Like you hated them? Yeah, it, it was more <laughs> personal. Like it, it was weird because. When you when you when you go there, that's who you you don't hear about Illinois. You hear about Nebraska. Right. When, at least when I went yeah. there, you heard about Nebraska. You heard about Kansas. Yeah, like oh yeah, Illinois. Okay, whatever. It was, it was Nebraska and Kansas. I think it's I think Illinois is bigger in basketball. Oh yeah, the I bragging think, rights games. I think I think it's Kansas and Illinois in basketball. Right. Nebraska basketball. Like, nah. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I think that's what it is. Uh, it, it, the current college football playoff setup. Do you like it? Would you like to see anything change? Because you guys didn't have this. I mean, hey, it, it let me tell you something. You guys might have gotten in. Because remember 2007 was like one of the craziest college football years. You guys might have gotten in in the current setup. I'm not sure you would have with two loss Oklahoma. But it, but either way, you don't have to you don't have to go undefeated anymore or have one loss in order to get It needs to go to six or eight teams. See, I'd like to see the six power well, what, what is it? The five power fives. Is that what I'm, am I missing something here? Am I messing up? I have a whole thing, Jeremy, and I haven't been in college football mode. But – and then the three at large be picked by a committee and then seated. That's what I, so the conference, because right now I feel like when you're conference champions, five, of course, power five, the five conference five champions and then three at large. See, I think that I'm okay with that, but there needs to be rules. So if you're a power five team, you can't have more than two losses. Okay. Because sometimes the, I think, was it the two years ago? Was it the Pac-12 team that had three losses? Might've been. Um, I wouldn't want yeah, to see yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to see them in the college. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you can't have more than two. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But I'm okay with that. Um, let's see what we got here. I got two more. Um, oh, best moment at Missouri. Best moment. Now, I would think, as if you give a damn what my opinion is, but I would think it would have to be 
November 2007 against Kansas. Yeah. So two things. My first college touchdown in St. Louis. I thought that was pretty cool. And then Reesing with that grass in his helmet. <laughs> I think that's yeah. what fans would say. Oh, Isn't yeah. that the best? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was perfect. Oh, Sod yeah. Reesing. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that was, was awesome. Lorenzo Williams got him? Yes. Oh, that was my awesome. God. It was fit. That's more satisfying uh, than a picture's iconic, man. Yeah. The picture's you iconic. got that hanging out in the office? Yeah. <laughs> what was the toughest moment at Missouri? Toughest moment? Um, for me, tearing my ACL. Yeah, and that's before I before you even really, got it going. Really got going. Yeah. Well, there's uncertainty there. You're like, this might not ever happen. Um, I'm I'm always curious about this. This is this is probably going to be the most divisive question you answer in this whole thing. Favorite restaurant in Columbia? Mm. Does it have to be a restaurant? No I restaurant. I'll go with CC Boiler. Oh yeah. Okay. Now is that still there? It is still there. Or, okay. All right. Because I was like, somebody said it's not there anymore. I'm like, okay, we re- relocated. All right. Okay. Then I like Booch's. I really wish they had fries. Does that matter? Uh, well, I, I kind of wish they did too. But I don't mind. <laughs> but, I don't mind the chips. Though. Yeah. I don't mind them. I don't mind them. The burger is sick. Um, and then my late night spot is Gumby's Pizza. Got the pokey sticks. You're a pokey stick guy. Uh, Gumby's Pizza. <laughs> Gumby's Pizza. And then uh, how often do you get a chance to watch them play? Well, I mean, now it'll, a hell it'll lot be more a lot now than year, I guess. You know, I, so my my little cousin. Is committed to me. I was. I, that was. That was in the final uh, list of questions. Jay Macklin. Um. So I'm pretty sure he's going to want to go to a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so you're going to go up there. I'll get a chance to go up there quite a bit. My guess is I, uh, as long as it's not too cold, I'll probably be there. Yeah. What time start? This is this is important. I got two ones that are important to me and probably nobody else. I hate the 11 o'clock starts. Now TJ Mo and I would get in arguments, and he goes. Oh, we love the 11 o'clock starts because we're not sitting around waiting. I'm like, yeah, but when you guys would play like at 7 o'clock at night, like when you beat the hell out of Nebraska, for example, those night games, Oklahoma State, I know not a great memory. Kansas was a night game at Arrowhead. Those were the best for atmosphere. 11 o'clock, it, I just don't think it plays well. I like I like the 11 o'clock as a player, 11 o'clock games or the primetime games. There was the one in between the ones that are like at two, like the three o'clock three. SEC yeah. network. I'm like, oh, get, out of here. get get up and get going, or, or yeah. let's build let's up, build to, this thing yeah. up, man. Let's build this thing up. Um, and then what has gone on with the uniforms is near and dear to man. the hearts of my co-hosts on 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 the morning after, especially Doug Vaughn. Um, and it drives it drives it really drives him up the wall. I could. I, I love the block M. Like, the uniforms you guys wore when you beat Kansas, the gold pants, the white jerseys, the black helmet. I'm yeah, big on that. So you like the old school. I like the old So you're looking at me like you don't like you, you like no, no. Like, every Friday at 10 o'clock, it's like, what colors are they wearing this weekend? I, I love it. I, I you love, like that. I love it, and I'm going to tell you why. So this, 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 Pete, this, Pete's happy this is my this. theory. I'm, I'm going to walk out this of the is studio. My, this you is can my finish theory. with Pete. This is my theory. <laughs> the reason why Oregon had those surprise teams and they got a lot of athletes is because they had everything before everybody else did. The reason why Oregon's come back to earth a little bit and they're not as dominant is because everybody has it now. So you're telling me Oregon's uniforms played a role in Oregon's success? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now, because the kids like that. The kids want Now, Missouri has it. All these schools has it. Now, there's some schools like Alabama, LSU, who have tradition. Text. They're going to get guys no matter what. I'm talking about the schools that need to add that extra oomph to get some of those guys to come. I hope Missouri gets to a point where it's Missouri. And 
if I'm from the state of Missouri, guess what? I want to go to the University of Missouri. That's what it is. If I'm from Texas, I want to go to like. I hope it gets to that point, and I think that it can. Yeah. As long as they keep winning games, as long as we keep doing the right things, I think it can. Yeah. But that's why Oregon was able to do that is because they had some of the cool things before everybody else did. So now everybody else is getting them. Now they're coming back down to earth. What's your favorite combination of these new school uniforms? Oh, I mean, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still all black. I'm still all white, white. I'm, I'm still that type of guy. But do I like the gold helmet and the white helmet and the chrome? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're fine. Yeah. You're fine with that. Barry Odom, how well do you know him? Obviously, said you, uh, you played for him. Yeah, but uh, he was, he Odom's was in, awesome. in your position, of course. But I mean, Odom's awesome. He man. seems like he's making some headway in St. Awesome. Louis, which was, you're, I mean, you're signing was kind of a, a tipping point 12, 13 years ago yeah. for, for St. Louis and the high school coaches with Coach Ford and getting in the door there. And now I feel like Odom's starting to have that same thing happen yeah, a little know, bit. You know, after me, I think uh, I think Sheldon came, Blaine came. Yeah. Um, so we were able to kind of get some guys, you know, right right after that. But, yeah, I think Odom's done a great job. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, th- the one thing is you just got to be real. Um, th- there's so much fluke stuff and, and fake stuff that are out there and, and these coaches putting on shows. I think if Odom's himself, and which I think he has been, I, th- I think it'll show. I, I know he's gotten some some guys from Luther North. I know he's got some guys from Chaminade. Got my cousin, got Massey from last year. Mm-hmm. Got the quarterback from Chaminade right now. So, like, I know that he's getting guys, and, and, and that's what you want. You know what I mean? And and, and I think as, as he continues to – Practice what he preaches. I think guys will continue to follow. And finally, this postseason ban thing. I hope to see it get lifted because they got potential to do some things. That, that team will be pretty good this yeah. year. And I'm gonna tell you right now, if I know it's first game of the season, could be first game jitters, but we can play with Florida. Based off what I just yeah, said, we can play with Florida. We can beat Florida. We can beat. I I, I got faith in this team this year. Yeah. So let's hope that thing gets. Let's, let's hope that yeah, thing gets lifted. I'm with you. I'm with you, Jeremy. I have enjoyed the hell out of it. I told you half hour, forty five minutes, and I think we went an hour and twenty. That's good, on me. Man. I enjoyed good, the hell out of it. Thank good. you so Appreciate much. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for uh, having me. So there it is, Jeremy Macklin here on the Tim McKernan Show, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Jeremy, kind enough to come into the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Gangster Pete, you and I were talking, and you said uh, a couple things stood out to you. And yeah, now that you mention it, I guess. When I was doing the interview, I didn't realize the the detail uh, that he wound up going into of his commitment to Oklahoma and then decommitting from Oklahoma. You enjoyed hearing uh, that story. Yeah, that was really cool. And then I thought you asked a really good question about, like, do you have to have that conversation with Bob Stoops? Yeah, how's that work? Yeah. Can you just, like, like you know, send out a tweet? You know, no, you got to call Bob Stoops. Now right. I realize this is 2005, so, but. I thought that detail was real cool. That probably isn't a pleasant conversation. I also think what he basically said, uh, you know, you're a, what is he, junior, junior in high school, 16, 17. And they're like, well, if you don't take this, we have somebody right. else. So they can, and I, I don't think that's like unique to Oklahoma. Uh, not that Jeremy was saying it. And he says, now, you know, you look back 31, 32 years old and you go, okay, I get the game. But uh, that, that, you know, it's a, it's a game that they play with, with, kids who don't know better that they're like, Oh, Oklahoma's offering me. Well, then I better take advantage of this. And so he thinks that's kind of what wound up happening there. Um, but he just fell in love with Missouri and he still is in love with Missouri. That's very clear. Uh, I couldn't be more disappointed in him, uh, when it came to the uniform discussion. (laughs) Matter of fact, um, I've thought long and hard about having that edited out, but we will have to play that for Doug Vaughn 
on uh, TMA immediately. That portion was uneditable. That is, uh, that when, when, when Doug hears that, he is going to go into cardiac arrest. <laughs> that the uniforms played a role in Oregon's success. Wait till that gets going. Um, but just to, you know, an interview, and I know I've said this a few times, especially when at this point we're talking about doing 100 of these things, I guess more than that. Because, um, I mean, a lot of time I'm sitting down with people I've never met before. And it's not like I'm like, hey, do you have three minutes for an interview? I mean, I'm sitting here and they're in a studio with me and it's one-on-one minus Gangster Pete sitting here behind the the dais. And if they're like, I don't like this guy or if I'm not in the mood to talk or I got other stuff on my mind or I've got 15 minutes, you know, it's not going to be a great interview. And so when I haven't, I mean, I guess I've met Jeremy Macklin, but we haven't spent you know a long amount of time together. Uh, and I want to ask questions like going back into let's remember the 2007 game in Norman. And I'm like, man, I hope he doesn't go. Yeah, it was a tough game, but we, you know, battled and told us we were a good team. Well, he's going back to, you know, pig Brown dropping a pick and, uh, and the, and the headsets going out. I mean, they were really in that game and that they were aware that, yeah, we, we got a chance to be the number one team in the country after that game. And I remember saying that we were doing a show at 13, the morning after, had just started. The morning grind started in 04. The morning after it started in 07. And at that point, Doug, for most people, they're just like, oh, I think he's the guy on TV. But they didn't know, you know, what, what Doug has become uh, a legendary status now on the radio. And so the show's not even a month old, man, because it started in mid-September 2007. And I remember coming in and I wrote about it on InsideSTL.com. I said, I know this is going to sound crazy, but Missouri's a really good team. And I'm looking at their schedule and then I'm looking at Kansas undefeated, and I don't think Kansas played Texas or Oklahoma that year. If they did play Texas, Texas wasn't the Texas we had come to know. And I'm like, I think KU could wind up being undefeated. And if KU's undefeated and Missouri wins out, that game at Arrowhead Stadium, and I did coin, it's not like I made any money off it, but I did coin the Armageddon at Arrowhead phrase, um, and, and it wound up being that. And so we had like a month and a half of just kind of watching it and watching it and watching it. And the whole time, because I was so into college football that season, and I'd be like, God, Missouri's a much better team than Kansas. And that's not being down on Kansas. It's just Missouri was just a great football team. Missouri might have been the best team in the country that year. They really might have been. Um, they really might have been. And it was, I don't know. I don't know if it's good to hear that it bothers Jeremy still. I don't know if that's good so but I think it's fans I'm sure it still bothers some fans so I think it's good when they hear players say they still hurt over that um because they really I, I guess I don't know what happens if they beat Oklahoma and Norman but then lose to him in the big 12 championship game do they still play for the national championship I don't know doesn't matter but I don't know what happened there I mean it's again remember there's no college football playoff at the time but had going into that weekend if I'm not mistaken gangster Pete Going into that weekend, if if Missouri beats Oklahoma, they're in, and I believe it was West Virginia, and all they had to do was beat Pittsburgh, right. their rival. The what do they call it? The backyard brawl or something like that. Something like that. And then Pitt, formerly known as Pitt, beat West Virginia, and that's how it became LSU against Ohio State. So, so close. Oh my God. Do you think the 2017 is better than 2013 team? Yeah, I do. You you don't you didn't even hesitate yeah. on that one. Yeah, I do, I, I do as well. I don't know. I mean, I, and, and Jeremy does, obviously. I mean, it'd be weird if he said no. I mean, he goes, I love my guys, but the 2013 team would have wiped that. I mean, that would have been, what, 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 you know, what the answer is going to be on that. But um, yeah. And then the 2018, if I look back on it, I go, yeah, they just had a real ter defensive issues, you know. 
but they didn't click offensively sometimes either. And I was at that Texas game in Austin. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was there too. Oh, were you really? Yeah, I went to both of them down there. I mean, just, it was merciless. Yeah. It was merciless. Um, and then they wound up losing to Kansas. And then, you know, the, the Oklahoma Big 12 championship game was kind of like, you know, it'd be lovely to see, but I think everybody kind of knows what's coming on this thing. And eventually it, it did come and it rained down on them with Sam Bradford. Uh, and so they lose again to Oklahoma, but, um, you know, just his, his honesty and his candor, um, throughout the whole process of, uh, the recruiting, leaving Columbia, the NFL, and, uh, and then, you know, kind of where he is right now, just I would, a good head on his shoulders. And I kind of would, say, you know, he's not sure if he wants to be in broadcasting or if he wants to be a coach. And what I would say is whatever he wants to do, he's going to be very good at. That's, that's kind of how I would sum it up. And he wants to get into business with his wife. They're going to be very good at it. Just has a good head on his shoulders and has been through a lot and has overcome it. And, uh, it was, it was a privilege to be able to sit here and have that conversation with him. So thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to our sponsors for sponsoring and uh, thank you to Jeremy Macklin for his time. Hope you enjoyed it. If you do, please subscribe to the podcast. It's free of charge. Just click subscribe. We have new interviews every week. We have questions from the audience, and they can be random. Uh, some would describe them as vile, grotesque. It doesn't matter. Gambling, career, radio, sports, politics, whatever. Everything is truly welcome. Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. And then with the Pick 6 uh, Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, every Thursday here on the Tim McKernan Show. So thank you for listening. Thank you to Jeremy Macklin for participating. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.